welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the Equipped for Change special edition. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And um, today's topic I am going to be sharing some tips with you on is called Pick a Struggle. And the reason I'm laughing is because I am in the process of working on my next book um, called Equipped for Change. And I was venting to a good friend of mine and I was talking about, you know, how my process of writing was, um, you know, this upcoming book was not going well. I was having writer's block. I was feeling up, you know, anxiety over the upcoming deadline that my publisher had given me. I was second guessing the voice and and you know including a whole lot of personal details in this story because I was looking at this as it's supposed to be a business book why am I including all of this stuff about my personal journey and then I was wondering you know if I was going to have enough time to do everything and if anybody was going to want to read it and and I was going through all of these different things about why I was struggling and what was causing me all this anxiety and what was causing me issues and the fact that you know I wanted to write this book and I felt like I was supposed to write this book but I didn't want to write this book in this way and and all of this and she just stopped me in my tracks by saying pick a struggle and it dawned on me yeah Keisha pick a struggle <laughs> you can't deal with everything about change that's happening at once you can't deal with writer's block at the same time that you're trying to deal with deadlines or, or coming to grips with whether or not you're using the right voice or anything like that. Like anytime you are dealing with change, you're going to have a whole ton of things that are going to be thrown at you at one time, but you have to pick a struggle. You can't deal with everything at once. And so for today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about specifically what it means to pick a struggle. Right now in the US, we are at the time of this recording, we are at the in the in the crosshairs of a whole lot of struggles. We have a global pandemic that is ravaging this country and COVID-19, the 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 number of positive cases is on the rise because states are opening back up and people of course are believing that everything is over and they don't need to actually follow any protocols. So we've got an uptake in that. We have economic issues that we're dealing with and, and being in a recession and people trying to figure out what that looks like. We have issues of businesses trying to figure out what their new normal is going to look like in terms of how they're going to deal with their employees and what does, you know, remote work look like now and work from home look like and how do we bring people back into the offices and what does it look like for engagement now and leadership and how are we going to navigate all of this? Then you've got the racial tension that's going on because of the, you know, the murder of George Floyd, which, which was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to addressing issues of police brutality and, and reform and the necessary things that we need to do in terms of, of looking at defunding the police or reallocating the funding that's going on and all of the protests. And then you look at systemic racism and then you have, you know, issues when it comes to the upcoming election and, and people are kind of on both sides with, with that and, and debating. And there are all of these things that are, that are vying for our attention, not to mention what's going on in your personal household. 
what's going on with your position, what's going on with you professionally, what's going on with you personally, individually, mentally, um, psychologically, financially, physically. There's so much that we have to deal with on a day in and day out basis. We just gotta pick a struggle because we're not going to be able to deal with them all at once. You're not going to be able to solve every single problem all at once. You're going to have to pick a struggle. And it's interesting because I love Disney movies. I love, you know, fantasy and everything. And there is a line in Incredibles 2 where the dad, Mr. Incredible, has been left in charge of the kids while his wife, Elastigirl, goes out and becomes a superhero and is part of this whole um, this whole thing to bring superheroes back and make them legal again. So he has to do things that are outside of his normal role. He has to take care of the kids. He's got a teenage daughter that's starting to date. There's a there's a baby, um, Jack-Jack, that is you know just starting to come into his own with powers and so on. And so he's going through all of this. And at one point he says, I'm fixing the boyfriend and I'm, I'm dealing with the baby and I'm doing the homework and I'm taking care of the house and I'm doing all of this. And how do I do all of this? By rolling with the punches, baby. And I realized at that point, because he was not dealing with all of this very well, I realized at that point, it was like, pick a struggle. You know, we as people, as individuals, we tend to allow everything that's going on with us to get the better of us. And when you are going through change, you cannot focus on everything about change at once because you will either become completely overwhelmed and, and do what I call pretty much, you know, curling up in a ball and, and deciding that you're not going to do this anymore. Or you become so obsessed with change that you can't focus on actually living and you can't focus on doing anything right. So I wanted to talk about for today that, you know, when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you are feeling like there's just too much going on, you need to do what I call focus and finish. You need to pick a struggle. And so I'm going to give you three things, three steps that you can implement when it comes to picking a struggle and what that looks like. The first thing is you are going to focus only on one thing. That doesn't mean the other things go away. That doesn't mean the other things are solved. That means you're going to focus on one thing that you are going to deal with at a time. Because um, this whole notion of multitasking is actually not correct. We're not multitasking. We are pulling attention away from different things in order to try to focus and to try to do multiple things at once, which means that you're just doing several things, not as well as you could if you would just focus on one thing at a time. So when you're talking about focusing on that one thing, that first means you need to identify what are the things that you need to actually do. So I want you to take in, to do an exercise where whatever it is that is overwhelming you, whatever it is that is causing your mind to play tricks on you and to do backflips in the middle of the night and keeping you up and the thing that is causing you to be nervous and, and not feel as if you are in control, I need you to list out all of the things about that change that is bothering you. List out all of the things that need to be addressed. List out every single issue that needs to have a, an, a, um, a plan of action for. And I'm having you do this, not because I wanna drive you insane, 
but I'm having you list out the things that are bothering you and list out the real issues because until we name what the real issues are, then our minds create this whole phantom uh, level of anxiety in our heads that causes us to become overwhelmed, that causes us to become stressed, that causes us to become anxiety ridden because our brains are filling in the gaps where we have not identified specifics. So in order for us to use this wonderful mind of us, of ours, in the best way possible, we need to make sure that we are guiding this process. So first thing, I need you to list every single issue. So when I was ranting earlier about my book and I was going off into this rabbit hole of all of these different things, I needed to go back and list every single thing that was that I thought was an issue. Every single thing that was staring me in the face that I needed to deal with. One, the first thing I said was I don't have enough time, I have a deadline. The second thing I put down was I don't feel I have writer's block. The third thing I put down was I don't I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm writing this in the right voice. You know, and I went on and on down the list. And then after I looked at all of them, then I prioritized them in terms of what are the things that I feel like I can actually do something about? What are the things that I feel that these are actual issues, not made up issues, not imagined issues, not mm, this is kind of stretching it issues, but the actual issues of the change event that was staring me in the face. And so once you eliminate those things that are not real and you eliminate those things which really aren't relevant, then you're, li- you're left with the things that you actually need to focus on and you rank them in order of importance. Not in order of what you would prefer to handle first, but in order of what is really important because we have to make sure that we are dealing with the first things first. We're dealing with the things that ultimately, that, that realistically have to be addressed immediately and leaving that other stuff for later. And part of the reason why I say to do that is because the things that are of most of utmost importance, the things that are going to give you the, um, the, the most success and the things that are, that are necessary for you to overcome are the things that when you do that, it's going to give you so much confidence and it's going to create this ripple effect and this momentum that's going to keep you moving forward. So you need to list every single thing that is popping up in your head. Then you need to eliminate any of the things that really don't matter, that you know it's just made up, and then you need to rank the things that are left. That is the first part, as far as focusing and, and first things first. The second step is you need to take each one of those things that was bugging you, each one of the issues that you identified as being a change event, each of the things that you said, you know what, this is really a thorn in my side and it's an issue, And you need to envision what would it look like if this was solved? What would it look like in action if this was no longer an issue? What would it look like if this was operating in the way that I want it to? When I am being successful at it, when this is going exactly the way I want it. So for me, if I'm listing the fact that, hey, I've got writer's block and I can't seem to put two words together, then what it's going to look like for me with that being successful is that this book and everything will just flow naturally. 
it will, I will be able to sit and write and it'll just pour out onto the keyboard and everything will, will just, will just make sense. And I won't have any issues trying to figure out what to say. Be very detailed about it in terms of what it looks like. And when you envision the success, what happens is your mind is awesome at creating. Your mind is awesome at innovating. Your mind is great at filling in blanks. And so when we put in and we put down, these are the things we're focusing on in step one. And then in step two, we say, this is what it looks like in action when I'm being successful at this thing that's bothering me. Now we're giving our minds the ability and permission to create and innovate and imagine success. We're no longer thinking about worst case scenarios. We're no longer, you know, stoking the fires of anxiety. We're no longer stressing ourselves out, but instead we're looking at it and saying, hey, this is what it would look like if this was operating in the, in the right way. This is what it would feel like if, this if I was being successful. This is what I want because I can see it and I can feel it. And when you are envisioning your success and you are envisioning yourself acting on that success and operating in that success, and your mind is creating all of these scenarios and it's creating, you know, this, this, the dopamine and, and the high and, and your mood is now shifting to being one of feeling empowered and feeling as if you have an answer and feeling energized and feeling motivated as opposed to the way you were feeling before when you were like, oh my gosh, there is no way I can possibly do this. And, and the reason I'm telling you this is because we give far too much power to negative thought. We give far too much power with that whole notion of, well, we have to be realistic. So let's just think about things from a purely quote unquote realistic standpoint, which really becomes a pessimistic standpoint and one where you're looking at things with anxiety eyes instead of looking at a, at a lens of reality. And so when you're looking at doing this, you need to understand that giving yourself permission to envision the success and giving yourself permission to actually be creative and innovative in your thought process of what this could look like it frees you from the bonds and from the limitations of feeling like it can't be done. It frees you from the, the limitations of feeling that this reality of where you are right now is the only place that you can possibly go and the only place you can possibly be. Instead, envisioning your success and envisioning the actions that you're going to be taking and what success looks like gives you more permission to start thinking about things outside of the box. And the key to that is you are now shifting your mindset. You are now going through that transformation process of, of realizing and accepting that there is something different, that you do not have to wallow in where you are, but that this change process is going to lead you to the other side. It's going to open up an opportunity for you to be able to do something different and something better so that you can actually operate in the, in the success that you want and that you crave and that you desire. So after you've gone through and you've listed everything that you, that you feel like you need to address, and then two, you've gone through and you've actually 
taken the things that you that you prioritized and started envisioning for yourself what it would look like for you to be successful and you go through each thing on your list and you do the same thing. Then your third component is that you list out and identify what needs to happen in order for this picture I have of success to become a reality. And, and that part A of, of 3A is what is needed. What is needed to make this happen? What is needed in order to, to, to move from where I am now to where I envisioned I can be? And you list it and there's no limitations on this. Again, you're just asking what is needed. Your broad, broad, broad question, not a qualified question, but broad question of what is needed. And when you put down everything that is needed for each one of those things that you're focusing on in each one of those things that you've envisioned the success with, now you can go back through and part B is saying, what can I do now? What are my action steps? How, what am I going to do first? What are the, the top three to five things that I'm going to do that I am responsible for, that I have the power and the influence to make happen? And the reason I'm telling you to do that action step, that planning in terms of identifying what you're going to do in two steps is because one, you need to understand fully what is necessary, what is needed in order to make something happen. And secondly, you need to understand what you can directly do to make things happen. So often, a lot of the things that we have anxiety over, a lot of the things that when, when change is upon us, we get completely blindsided by and we feel like we have no control over are things that really, it's not our job. It's not something that we would have impact over. It's not something we would have influence over. It's not even something that we would wanna do. So you know what that tells us? You get someone else to do it. You figure out another resource, you pass it off to your team, you bring somebody else in, or you decide that that is just not something I wanna do or I need to do. Because the process of change means that you have to be honest, you have to be transparent, and you have to plan your process and plan your actions based on what is going to give you the success that you want and desire. There is no reason for you to plan and, and, and identify something that is completely out of your control, that you have no influence on, that you have no way of, of even moving the needle on because all that's gonna do is frustrate you. All that's gonna do is make you feel like a failure. All that's gonna do is cause you to curl up in a ball and say, I don't wanna deal with this. Now, I just gave an example based on something as simple as writing a book. But what about COVID-19 and all of the precautions that are being, you know, that are being asked for and, and, the, and the spike in cases and people are dying and, and everything else? What is it that you can do to influence and impact that? When you look at the, the issues of, of diversity and equity and inclusion, and you look at the issues within your company and your organizations regarding discrimination and systemic racism, what are the things that you can do? What do you have an impact on? What do you have influence on? In what ways can you use your voice? In what ways can you leverage relationships? In what ways can you show up individually to make an impact and to help bring about this change. 
pick a struggle. Don't look at it and say, this problem is so big that I don't want to do anything because I feel like anything I do would not make a difference. There is a story of a, um, a, a young man who was walking along a beach and there were a number of starfish that were littered on the beach. And as he walked by, he would pick one up and throw it back in the ocean. Every so often, pick one up and throw it back in the ocean. And a man passed by him and, and watched him for a while and he looked at him and he said, man, he's like, you're not really making a difference. Look at all of the starfish that you have left that you walked by. And he said, you know, to that one that I just threw back in the ocean, I made a difference to that one. So when we're looking at what we can do, what we are, when we're looking at the actions that we need to take, it's not enough to say that, oh, this problem is too big, this change is too much, I cannot have any type of influence. No, pick a struggle, pick a focus point, pick something that you can do that is going to have influence. Pick something that you can do that is going to make a difference even to just one person, even if just to yourself. Because I think that when we start looking at change and being equipped for change as something that is empowering and something that allows us to rise to the full potential of who we are and what we bring to the table, then we start looking at our place in society and our place within our teams and our organizations and, and, and our communities as being much more impactful and, and influential than we give ourselves credit for. We each have a voice. We each touch people. We each have a way of, of creating a level of influence based on what we do. I'm, I'm operating in, in, in my sweet spot by sharing my views on this podcast. I write articles, I speak at different companies and organizations, I facilitate different processes and especially you know, issues regarding difficult conversations and, and ways to empower um, and engage employees and, and ways to create learning environments and ways to equip and, and support leaders. I use my voice. I use my influence, I use my gifts, my talents, my abilities to the best of my ability to be able to have influence and authority and impact. How will you use yours? Pick a struggle. Don't just sit on the sidelines and say that it's too much and it's too overwhelming. I gave you three steps that you can do that, that will help you to identify how you can get active and how you can actually make a difference. Identify those things that you can do that can be done and what needs to be focused on first. And then envision success and what that looks like for you with where you are and what you're able to do. And then third, identify the things that need to be done and then focus on the things that you can do immediately. Because change, even though it's a process that begins with an event, it is not something that has to, that where any event and any, any particular influence or action has to take a long time to do. Yes, systemic change takes some time. We have to go through processes. We have to go through systems. There's a number of things that have to be done. The bigger the systemic change that you want to make, the more time it may take but the more people you need to have involved. 
What can you do in your sphere of influence? What can you do in your neck of the woods? What can you do within your family, within your team, within your community, within your block, within your household, within your company? What can you do? Pick a struggle. Don't get overwhelmed by it all, but pick one thing. Pick the thing that you want to tackle. Pick the thing that you want to solve. Pick the change that you want to be. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I thank you for listening. Um, this is actually my 100th episode of my podcast. I started it um, over a year and, uh, and a half ago, and I have enjoyed being able to share my thoughts and, and my musings and, and all of that. And I have most, most of all enjoyed finding my voice and finding a way of authentically sharing who I am and what I do and, and my own journey of change with all of you. I haven't decided yet what the next 100 episodes are going to look like. Um, I haven't decided yet what I want this to ultimately be. But I know that through this process, I have uncovered and identified what I don't want. And I am in the process of identifying how I can leverage what I have and what I know to be able to be the change that I so desperately want to see in the world and in organizations and in individual people. There is so much ahead of us that we can do positively. My upcoming book, Equipped for Change, I am really, really excited about it. Um, I, have lined, I have landed a publisher, and I am so scared but so very excited about that process. Um, I, I love working with organizations. I love interacting with people. I love sharing um, tips and tools and strategies and things that, have, that I have learned over the course of my years and, and my journey in the past 15 years of being in business for myself um, to work with others along, this, along their journey. So I thank you guys for joining me. I thank you for tuning in. Um, visit my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com for information about my podcast. Um, speaking, I am planning a virtual symposium that will be launched later in 2020. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter for information about that, um, as well as sign up for info um, to be uh, alerted to the upcoming published date, release date for the book. Um, as well as other events and the um, relaunch of my Cars Academy, where I will be providing an on-demand learning library, um, some live events, um, including an upcoming discussion on having difficult conversations about race and discrimination within your organization. And another great bit of news is that my company is now a recertification provider for SHRM, Society of Human Resource Managers. Um, and so you will be able to participate in my CARS Academy um, offerings as well as my live events and receive professional development credit for that that you can apply towards your, re your recertification efforts. Um, I am so thankful and so blessed to be in this position and to be operating in my sweet spot. And I thank you guys for your encouragement for your comments and for coming alongside me in this journey. 
I am Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. Thank you for tuning in to my 100th episode of my Mindset to Mastery podcast, the Equipped for Change Special Edition, where we talked about picking a struggle today. Please tune in, subscribe, um, find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Speaker, Stitcher, my YouTube channel. Um, You can also listen on my website as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a number of different places where podcasts are, um, are, are, are found. Thanks again for everything. I hope you guys are staying safe, you're staying sane, and most of all, you are staying sanitized. So don't forget, tune in twice a week on Mile High Radio as well as all the other places that I mentioned. I am, pick a struggle. That's all I'm going to say. Pick a struggle. Um, That was my aha moment, and I really wanted to share that with you guys today. But until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and stay sanitized. Bye-bye.